Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Build Shop Podcast. I am one half of the hosting crew and I'd like to welcome my co-host once again to the show. As always, Mike, how are you doing today? RB, I'm good. Uh, it's been a crazy week and what day is it today? Wednesday. It's been a crazy week, but uh, I'm glad we got a pod in because this is uh, this always brings me back down to earth a little bit. It's uh, it's fun to talk. I know you've been you've been very I've I've been under the weather. Let's put it that way. And uh, you've been very busy uh, fitting a lot of golfers recently, haven't you? Yeah, there's been uh, there's been a lot of fits recently. Ian and I, uh, you know, really kind of technically only fit on Fridays right now, or I only fit on a Friday. And the last couple of fits that I've had, they've all been out of towners, um, which has been pretty cool. They're always fun. Um, but yeah, some really really good fits. Is there is there any? like product that's been standing out or anything, or is it because of handicap level because of swing? It, it really is just a mix mash. There's a club called the Cobra LTD XLS. <laughs> and that's the standout. It is, uh, it, it's mental. Um, it's mental how good it is. Um, it's, you know, the whole Cobra line to drivers is very, very impressive. Uh, Forge tech is in the demo matrix very, very soon. Um, but we, uh, you know, I, we were fitting one of our, uh, actually one of our new builders, Brian, um, he, uh, he was getting fit by Patrick tonight and, um, they tried every driver under the sun and multiple different shaft combinations. And again, another Cobra LTD XLS. So that's one, two, three, four, five, five staff members so far that will be using LTD XLS this year. Um, you know, I've got a couple buddies into them. I got some, some, you know, some customers into them. It's uh, it really, really is an impressive driver. Well, Mike, you put it on my list now. I'm still using the TSI three, and I've enjoyed it. I played. I've only played nine holes so far. We've still got freaking snow. I was picking up my yeah. today at school. Snow is falling through the air, and I'm losing my mind. I'm like, I'm ready to just be so upset. I'm losing it. I want to play golf. I want you. I was in a, to play golf. I was in a little car accident, and the parts came in finally. I did not cause the car accident, but. Uh, the parts came in finally and the car's getting kind of recalibrated or whatever. So I was standing at the rental car place and got this little Kia Rio and I feel like I'm driving in a shoebox. Um, but, uh, it, it, the heat, the heated seats are not as good as what my, uh, what my actual car is. Cause let me tell you tonight coming home was very chilly. That's the one thing that I used to always, I used to think to myself, is it really that big of a luxury to have heated seats in a car? Cause I never, like for the longest time, never had them, never even really thought about it. Even like basically from the time I, I got a car to the point where, you know, we moved into like our, our, our second home, finally from like living in the city, kind of moved out to the burbs as people do when they have kids and stuff and had a, had a garage. And I was like, okay, first of all, heated seats are a must <laughs> if you can get them. Uh, I know our, we got like a newer used car as well, and it has some heated seats, which are very nice. Uh, but the garage is like a game changer when there's snow out. I became like the garage snob. Didn't have to clean the car. Just lift, click the old button and just drive out the driveway. Uh, that's definitely one of the most, like the nicest luxuries. The next thing is hopefully the next one, uh, has a heated steering wheel because now you're like <gasps> trying to get your hands on the wheel. But, uh, that that's the next one. We'll, we'll hold it on from that one. But, uh, I'll tell you, know, I'll tell you one thing, this little Kia Rio does not have a heated steering wheel. And I didn't think I need to use a heated steering wheel in the, in the month of April, but my, uh, my actual car has heated steering wheel. And there was, uh, I was sitting on my hands while driving home. Let's put it that way. It was very chilly. 
I know it's uh, we're almost at May and, and I've only gotten nine holes and this could be the most delayed season I've ever experienced uh, in, in very recent memory. But uh, no, enough of the weather talk tonight's show. Um, we'll call it, you know, there's a lot to talk about. And one of the fun things that I think we, we haven't done in a while, uh, but you no, know, we do our own Q and A's on Instagram. So I put it out there and we did a full grab bag Q and A. So uh, for those who follow along, RDS Brath on Instagram, you are Mike TXG. Am I got that correct, Mike? Nice and simple. All right. And so with that in mind, what I've done is I've uh, I've calibrated all the questions. So we've kind of split them 50-50. Hopefully, we're not going to get to all of them. There were some very, very specific to a player questions, which I don't think are going to be completely relevant in this conversation. But uh, we have split the questions in half. And uh, we're going to go through them because there's a lot of great topics, from drivers to putters to wedges to shafts to all kinds of different things, from fitting some retro gear. We're going to, we're going to dive into it. So, um, you know, here's a good question for you, Mike, as a builder, someone who deals with a lot of golf clubs, someone said they've had their irons for, uh, for over 50 rounds, lots of range sessions in between. And we just posted this on our TXG Instagram about this actually, but should they have their lies and loss checked? hundred percent. I would say, you know, 50 rounds and, you know, lots of practice sessions, the more you hit off mats, um, or indoors lying um, definitely can move on you. It's always nice just to make sure the specs are, are bang on to what you're fit for. It takes any, you know, guessing out of, uh, the question and, and just making sure that you're dialed in a hundred percent of the time. So I would say, you know, once a season, definitely get them dialed in. If you're playing close to a hundred rounds, maybe do it you know, twice a season, but, uh, yeah, once a season, little spring checkup never hurts. Yeah. That's, that's always my go-to rather. And I, and related to this, I had someone ask about forge versus cast. And I said, look, forge, maybe a couple times a year, if you're practicing a lot, especially off mats. Uh, but even for cast clubs, I think it's, I think it's worth getting checked. Cast clubs now are a lot different than cast clubs from 20 years ago. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some pretty firm castings out there still, but a lot of the new stuff has been different materials, thinner walls, all kinds of that, like changes to the design features to help with movable mass and all these different elements of, you know, creating something that is very forgiving with a fast club face. So cast clubs, they can still move. So don't just think, oh, I got cast clubs. I don't have to worry about it. It's uh, it's definitely something that you should uh, get checked out. Do you, uh, you want to fire one off to me, Mike, or should we just... Yeah, I got a... I mean, it's not really a build-specific one, but someone was asking if either of us, either of us has played with Hickory shafted golf clubs i know uh for me persimmon was i've hit my first persimmon this year but rb have you used any hickories before so i i was lucky um so i think it was actually it was two years ago now i think um i was playing uh i i'm a member at i was as a member at a club uh locally here uh it's called uh norfolk norfolk golf and country club or i think that's what yeah let's call it that uh it's a little nine holer it's a 125 year old golf course it it tips out at like three thirty one hundred yards and that's, that's a stretch probably. Uh, but I was, uh, I got to play with Scott McLeod. So for those who don't know, Scott McLeod is a, is a, uh, CPGA professional. He is a, a writer. He is a podcaster. He is a great follow on Twitter and, uh, overall super nice guy. So, uh, he is a lover of Hickory clubs. He does have a, a, a few in his collection. So when we went out and played one of the, a lot of times I play with persimmon, so he brought some hickories. I brought some persimmon. I was messing around with my putter in the basement and I literally showed up without a putter, which is the worst feeling in the world. So I had to put with my wedge, uh, but we had a, we had a blast and I got to say, it's a weird feeling because the club 
mass properties are so different and they're very light relative to steel that, you know, it doesn't, I wouldn't say, I mean, Scott shot, like, I think he shot one over par. It's pretty insane. Scott's a very good player, by the way. Um, but uh, it's, it's a cool feeling to, to, to hit one of those clubs because it just kind of comes off the face. There is a lot of torque in the shaft. So you really kind of got to almost time your swing a little smoother, but uh, overall, I thought it was just, it's a cool and fun experience. And I know next time I go to Pinehurst, you can actually rent a set of hickories for like 50 bucks to play number five. And I, that's, that's high on my list for sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. There's a, there's a course out in uh, just outside of St. Andrews. And I can't remember the the name of the golf course, but you can, you can do the whole experience play uh, more of, I guess, a Parkland style golf course um, with some hickories. You get a little bag and go out and have a few, uh, few drams of whiskey when you're done it, it sounds like a good time to me uh sign me up mike that's a, that sounds like a pretty good time um here's here's one for you now i don't know if you really remember this driver uh and this is you know this is a question to like a couple different uh eras of, of equipment right because we talk about you know ian's talked recently about uh, p760s right obviously being a very popular popular iron that he's had in the past and you know we kind of been messing around with them again uh, but the original sim two, or not sim two, sorry, the original M two driver. For those who don't know, had the back had the weight at the back, like kind of the silver one, was known as a as a very very popular driver. Can you think of like one thing that makes that driver stand out? I know I have, I have a couple ideas because there's other drivers that I think it kind of relates to. But is there anything that stands out from that driver that was something that like for some reason people gravitated really well towards? Uh, original M two. Hmm. Or what, you know what, or what makes a, what makes an older club stand out in general? Let's, let's kind of like tip it from there. Yeah. I mean, anytime we've seen, you know, when we always have our own little, you know, cult following of a driver or something like, you know, OG SIM, OG M2, um, you know, 910, 910 was from Titleist was a very good driver. I think anytime you get something that is, you know, spikes, you know, ball speed and is forgiving. I always think those two are, are always good. G four hundred. That's one of them. G four hundred was that's was one. just one of the best drivers out there. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Jay Haas was swinging one. Sixty eight year old Jay Haas, oldest to ever make the cut. I believe he had one of those in the bag. I don't want to say for certain, but I'm pretty sure I saw what's in the bag of that. So yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's been out there for a while. Yeah, I, I always think uh, the, that little combo of forgiveness and fast i mean you get that i know ian played an og m2 that's when we first um we first opened txg and um i mean he was hitting some drives back then we used to both play at a, at a golf course just north of the store and i've never seen someone hit drives like that. he's like this driver's so good and, and he kept it in the bag for a little bit and then uh yeah i mean it's it's just it's such a great driver it's it's hard i haven't seen many ogm twos in a long time come through the store um but uh yeah i mean that was that driver was unreal it's kind of like um i know i've experienced in the past in fittings with we see a lot with irons right because iron faces can only not they can only get so thin but there is a point of optimization for certain players and two irons that have always stood out and it was always like oh crap someone came in for a fitting with these they're either going to get new shafts or they're just going to go home with a lie loft adjustment. And I think and fitters were very willing to admit that because it was just very hard to beat them was the, uh, the burner, the Oh six burner irons, which were the black ones, kind of the, not the, like the burner two point. There was a burner 2.0 after it, but even then like the original burner was 
like the, the original reintroduction of the burner was a big one. And then also the R11, the R11 had that was like, you know, obviously a lot of people remember the white driver with the adjustable thing on the bottom, but the, the iron had a weight in the back and it had a little white medallion. It was an undercut cavity iron, ridiculously good. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, people, especially too, if, if there's a stock shaft in something that a lot of people are going to gravitate towards, it's just one of those things that is going to work for a lot of players. And for the M2, it was, from what I remember, this, the original specs on it, I think it came out, a lot of people started measuring them a little later on. They came out a little stronger lofted than they were stated. So a little, you yeah. know, get a little bit more lower spin. It was a very neutral weighted driver. For those who are, are always really curious, Clay Long on Instagram, who famously designed the McGregor putter that, uh, that Jack Nicklaus used when he won the 86 Masters. Uh, great club designers. It's kind of like does some contract work with companies still. Um, he does these COG measurements on all these different drivers and does some really cool stuff. And he posts them on his Instagram. Easy to find. I think it's clay long or clay long design. He ran through that driver and he was like, it's just a very neutral, low center gravity driver, pretty low spin can work it both ways. Pretty offers a pretty good MOI. And I think much like the G 400, that's really all you need. If it's a neutral driver, it's going to work for a lot of players. And if it's fairly low spin, I think that's one of the best options for, again, a lot of players. And, you know, in the case of some faster players, if it's a little stronger lofted. That's going to work the way too. Do you remember there's one other one, and this was a bonded hosel driver. And I'm not going to mention my Bridgestone J33, although I just did obviously for, you know, I had to say I couldn't mention it and then did, but the, the burner, it was the burner 2.0 or, or I think it was, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but a lot of players, we used to kind of joke, it was called like the, um, the black Mamba. The monster. Mm. Steve Elkington had one in the bag for a long time. It was like the precursor to the arrow burner, or maybe it was. I think it was the the original arrow burner, arrow, whatever it was. You can find these things online. They're not like overly expensive, but for some reason, I knew a bunch of good players that had that thing for years after it was released, and they could not beat it. They put it on yeah. launch monitor, and you just couldn't beat this thing. It was insane. Yeah, a friend of uh, a friend of mine had uh, what was it? The burner super fast. Oh, that was um, with a bonded hosel and and he loved that driver he played that driver for a long long time and um still to this day i you know you see a couple online you're like yeah that was a the, the tp version was the 8.5 that was a ridiculously good head little not be not wouldn't say before my time i never i uh, wasn't using 8.5 heads that back then let's put it that way um but uh yeah that that product was so so good yeah, I had a, I, there was, I, I always lusted after like a burner super fast 2.0 um, TP, the white one mm. with like the toe weight. Everyone always said, cause you know, it was like the, the era of like looking at like what's anti left, what's low spin, all these different things. And people kept saying like, this is the driver, this is the driver drive. I finally tried and I was like, man, this thing is nuts. It was, it was, it was extremely low spin. It felt a little hard off the club face. I don't know why that was the, but you know, you kind of get used to it. And uh, of all the players that kept it on tour for a long time was a player that, you know, kind of swung a little bit over the top, added a lot of, like, I would say cut across it a bit, maybe because of just his swing characteristics, but uh, was, was Kevin Stadler mm. uh, of all players. He had one of those in the bag when he won, I think he's won one time on tour, obviously the son of, of uh, Craig Stadler. Yeah. I got the Kevin and Craig. Yeah. So Craig, um, he was one who had one of those in the bag. I always thought it was a really cool driver because it was, it was anti-left and it just had a cool shape. And again, bonded hosel, which I always think, I don't always think for fitting purposes, the bonded hosel is the best way to go, obviously with modern technology, but, uh, definitely something that, uh, was a very cool club. And, you know, we see with a lot of different stuff, even now, much to your point, Mike, I love the nine ten. 
Yeah, the 910 was. I had a 910D2, um, but uh, I had a 910D2. What did I, what shaft did I have? And I think it was a Fubuki J50 stiff, and that thing was so good. And then I, I really – I was dumb. I wanted – uh, 913 and I D3 and it was not the head I needed, but your yeah, 910 was world-class. I had a, I had a 910 with the original, remember when like the pr- original project X graphite jazz came out, there was like the project X and it had like the X, A, C, B, they had all these like different, um, codes basically for the flexes. I had a 910 D3 and I wish I still had it. Actually, the funny thing is a friend of mine just messaged me. I realized that I, I had it for a long time and I couldn't remember what happened to it. And he messaged me, he's like, I'm looking for a new driver this year. I'm like, what are you using? He's like, oh, it's a nine Titleist driver you sold me <laughs> like, like seven years ago. I was like, oh, I might want that back. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I might have a 910 pretty soon. I might make him a nice little trade. Um, here's one for you because I know you work with these a little bit more than I do. The So we're talking Mira and we're talking the, the 501 the MC501 Soul versus the TC201 Soul. What would you say are the biggest differences between those two irons? Irons in general, and then also obviously specifically the Soul. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'm a I'm a I'm a 501 user. Um, you know, I love a 201. I, I think the well, the 501, in my opinion, has a boxier soul. Um, you know, both carry um basically pre-worn leading edge or a little bit of a bevel uh on those irons um i would say 501's box here feels very square through impact if that makes sense it almost digs a little bit more um obviously we both know you know tc201 does have that perimeter weighting where 501's more of a, a muscle back if you want to call it um both amazing irons 21 has a little less offset which is you know very pleasing to the eye at 501 for me just you see a set of 501s in the bag and you're like damn those are that's a nice looking set of irons and um you know i'm playing a couple different sets this year but the 501s will never will never go anywhere that's that's for sure i just i love a set i love a set of 501s i can remember uh it was i think three or four years ago now i built a set of a friend came to me he's like listen i need the set and I, I think I put a set of pulls in them. I don't even, I, I can't even remember what I had. Um, he brought me, it was 501s. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'd love, I'd, I mean, I'd love to build these things for you. And built them up for him, bent them to his spec. And then like a week later, he's like, oh man, these are great. I won my, I'm on my, I shot. It's like, how the iron's going? Like he didn't even really message me back. He just like, oh, thanks. They're great. And then he's like, oh, I shot like 70 something, 60, like high 60s. Like it was like six, seven, whatever. It's called 67. I said, oh, that's sick. Like, was this? He said, then I want my club seats. I was like, well, if that's not the, a, a glowing review of uh, of building a set, but also like knowing something that really works for you, I was pretty impressed. And to the point of the 501s, a little bit of a, a steeper player into the ball. And I think for him, going from an iron that was um, a little bit thinner sole going to that actually was a huge help for him. And uh, something that for those players who are curious, I think it's a good option for sure. Plus, it's a great looking I'm- iron. Oh, such a nice looking iron. Do you have, what's, what do you got for me, Mike? What do I got for you? I was, some, someone asked, why is there a cult following with Nike? I think that's funny, but uh, there was one here, the counterbalance plugs, the tour lock plugs for, to change swing weight. You, you dabble with much of that? I used to, I used, there was a time when I, I like, I, because I was 
really into a lot of like tinkering with just gear all the time. I was using uh, an 80 gram tour lock in my driver. No other, no other um, counterbalance or anything in my clubs. Just there was like this 80 gram plug in and slug in the butt end of my driver. And that's uh, for those who are curious, I believe that's still what Sergio uses, not like that weight. But if you're looking for the brand, you can find tour locks. Basically, you core out the end of the grip, you put it in, and you screw an Allen key. And what that does is it, as you screw the Allen key, it it, it makes this washer at the bottom expand. So it, it stays inside the shaft. Sometimes you might need to use a little bit of electrical tape depending on the inside diameter of the shaft, but you just kind of put that in, screw it in, and it's all snug. Um, I liked it. What I found was it was very easy to control the face, but I what the, the problem was after a while, it was like, it was kind of like, um, you'd always have this honeymoon phase with the driver. You get it in, you'd love it. And it'd work really, really good. Like for some reason, just felt you keep it on, on plane better, all these different elements. And then you'd kind of have it for like a little bit. And then all of a sudden either your swing was changing because of the weight, like you've kind of adapted to it and you'd lose complete face control. That was, that was my own experience. Now I know a lot of players use them. A lot of players really like them, but, uh, that was my thing with them. I always kind of found that I would go to it and then I'd kind of have to go back because I just couldn't feel the club face. Swing weight would obviously be extremely low, but the total weight was very, very high. But uh, I think it's it's worth a shot. I, you know, much to your uh, your wear, Mike, uh, Zexio does that in a lot of their clubs. I think around maybe 10 grams, I think is kind of around that range. Works really well for players with slower tempo who want to f- like get the head to feel lighter. You've had great success with their clubs, right? Like fitting I mean, your clubs, sorry, not, not you using them. I should be using them. Um, the Zexio stuff is is really good. I actually, uh, for those who have been to the Toronto studio, I uh, I fit uh, this evening uh, Nicole, our receptionist, um, and uh, she she had a she had a five wood that she really struggled to get off the ground, and she just didn't like it, and it had a um, you know a stock. 55 gram regular flex shaft and um you know she just struggled with it and i was like okay hey, give me a second i'm gonna give you she likes the weight of something a little bit quote-unquote heavier for a lady for her swing speed and uh she she rocked a zexio 12 forward 16 and a half degree she was hitting like 200 yards i was like this thing is so good and it's why we do really well with zexio is it gets it up in the air you get the distance from it you get premium uh product the zexio stuff's unbelievable yes they do counter counter back the uh or counterweight the the golf clubs and i i just think the you know for anyone that is you know kind of not looking at zexio if you if you just need that little bit extra in your golf game if you need some help with some speed and and some distance zexio is the way forward worth worth every penny yeah i know we we've tested in the past and the channel it's done really well um ron Rocket Ronnie is like you like to call him, uh, has done very well testing on a number of their products in the past. And then also we tested it with Cynthia during her fairy wood fit and very, it worked really, really well, but it was almost for her at her speed. She was just kind of on that borderline of it being just a little too soft. She saw more distance with it, but she started losing control. So that's where we yeah. kind of worked back with something else. But yeah, I think counterbalance at a certain point is going to work for a lot of players. I think for the short game and especially most specifically the putter, I think it's a great option for players that might struggle with tempo, might struggle with a little bit of uh, 
like distance control. Cause all mm-hmm. it does is the best way to think about this for those kind of are picturing this. Um, I always like to use this analogy. It's, it's a little unusual, but it seems to work. Let's say you're holding a shovel or a broom or something that's got something really heavy on the end and not a lot of mass and a handle right at the top end. If you're just holding that broom or shovel at the very, very end and you're kind of waggling around, you can feel it kind of pull your direction, right? If you switch that around and you hold the heavy end and then swing the handle around, it's really, really easy. You haven't changed the the mass properties of the object. You've just moved them closer to your body. Mm-hmm. And by raising the balance point in a golf club, you know, even a couple inches, what you're doing is you're making it easier to swing the end of the club. You can, you know, you can go too far, like maybe I did with the 80 gram in the driver, but you know, a few grams, depending on your tempo and what you're trying to create with the, with the cold club as a system working for you a few inches higher. I know ping does it with their, their G uh, 425. They have a, they have a counterbalance option when you get some of the stock shafts. What that does is it just makes it a little bit easier to control the club face can help with speed. Doesn't mean it's always going to gain you speed, but it can help you with speed. And overall, I think it can help gain control depending on the player. And it's worth trying. 80 grams, a bit extreme in my case, but 10 to 15 might be worth the option if you're looking at something a little longer, looking to gain a little bit more face control. Always something to try and very easy to remove. And, you know, it's not going to create anything detrimental to your golf club at all. So let me ask you another one, Mike. This is more of an, we'll call it an accessories question. What is your favorite golf bags? or styles, or brands? What, what would you be your, your few go-tos here? I get, I get a couple on my list, but uh, I want to hear from you first. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a user of one of the Vessel bags that we sell, the Black Camo. I've always been a Vessel fan before we sold their uh, their product. Um, I think it, you know, I can attest that it lasts 100 rounds a season, um, and it's uh, it's got a lot of pockets. It's not super heavy. I think it's you know three and a half, four pounds to start. Um, I walk if I'm playing at my home club every every round, so I want something that's got a lot of utility to it. Um, Vessel's a great one. I really want a Chaplin bag. Um, being a member at a at a Colt course, um, that was his nickname was, uh, was Chaplin. So, um, you know, getting, getting one of those, they've got a light gray canvas with some leather, uh, accents on, I'd really want one of those. Um, and the Titleist, I think it's Lynx and Kings cause they own them now. Um, they make a, uh, a very slim, sleek bag. Oh, the Lynx um, master, the Lynx master. Yeah. I've, I've got a couple guys at the club that have, um, some uh some navy blue ones that are pretty pretty special looking so titleist if you're listening you know i do like a lynx master bag you know no big deal um <laughs> but uh but yeah it's uh you know you can't i know the one you're gonna say but you can't beat a, a ping huffer i mean i saw your post and i'll let you talk about it but the ping huffer is it's an iconic bag well you took a few of mine there mike as far as uh, as stand bags go if that's what we're really talking about here I love the Chaplin bag. We've seen it before in the past. I think it's something that is is really cool. It's something that they would consider, or, or a lot of people would consider, like heirloom quality. Mm-hmm. Really nice brass fittings, a lot of leather trim on it. Uh, something that you would see at you know see lasting a really long time. It is modeled, to, and they'd say on their website from their founder that they got a ping bag as a kid. They loved their ping bag, and they wanted to just 
you know, add some different details to the design and, and kind of change it to something that was modern, but classic. And that's why you get the leather and you get these different looks to it. So if you, if you feel like you've seen it before, it is an homage to something like the J bag or the L eight, like the original L eight. Um, and then, you know, they don't hide that at all. It's on their website, but from yeah. there, uh, I've never used a vessel. I've seen you guys use them. I know Johnny wonders got one as well. Uh, I really like the look of them. Um, but for me, the two that I've really enjoyed using, uh, recently, I last couple of years, I think it was, I've been using the, the lighter weight tailor-made bag, which I, I really like. Um, but this year, what I, I, I saw this online and I had a, I had a friend who had one of these probably five to 10 years ago. It was an all white ping hoofer. So I saw it online and I, uh, I immediately, I like, I just, I called the rep and I was like, Hey, um, I want to order one of these things. Uh, just tell me what it costs. Send to my house. Uh, here's my credit card information. I don't care. I want this thing. Mm. I want a white bag and, you know, haven't used it yet. Cause it was very wet when I went out and played, I did, I did use the push cart. So that was a little bit more helpful either way, but, uh, mm. I always like a ping bag. There's, there's some, are some really nice, um, some carry bags out there as well. I like Seamus. They do some really nice stuff. Mm. Uh, if you're looking for just like complete minimalism, McDonald does a really nice one flag bag, but we're talking at this point, we're talking about a thousand dollars for a golf bag. So just keep that in mind folks. But again, looking for something that is very lightweight. The, the, the title of Sunday bag is great. I like the ping bag, the way that the handle kind of sits up on it. I got one of those. I was using it. I like, again, as people are very well aware, and we'll touch on this in one of the next topics is the going out with a half set would throw clubs in the bag. And my wife saw the bag and she went out, she went out and played with me and she brought half her clubs. And, uh, I put the clubs in her, I put the clubs in the, in the moon bag for her. And she's like, why do I use the other one? I only walk and carry anyways. And well, it's been hers ever since. And I ordered another one just in case we go out and play together. So, um, lots of options out there, but really look at the, like the pockets. And I, I mean, those, for me, those are the brands I stick with. It doesn't mean there aren't good ones out there. I've seen sun mountain is a really nice Sunday bag as well. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit comes down to price point, a little bit comes down to the fixings that you're looking at, but, uh, there, there are a lot of options out there. And for me, the white who for light is, uh, is the bag this year for me. Yeah. I like the, uh, I got a buddy of mine at the golf course. He's got a flag bag. Those are pretty cool. I think one thing he said he would love if it had maybe a few more pockets. Um, but yeah, those, those flag bags are cool. We, the club did a couple McKenzie bags. They did a, a very limited run of McKenzie bags and they sold within a weekend. Um, not cheap, but an amazing looking golf bag. Um, I have got a, I think I've got a Jones Sunday bag and to be honest with you, that Jones Sunday bag, I'm, I've, I tried to keep a bag of clubs at the golf course. Cause I always like take my clubs home, but I'm pretty sure that Sunday bags out the golf course, but I like those Jones Sunday bags. They're, uh, they're pretty handy. Yeah. That's another one too. And they make, they make a nice stand bag as well, which I think is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk, we could talk bags for a long time. Uh, cause you know, we're always, I always say like, I've never found, and I mean this with every single bag, I've never found the perfect bag. I've had bags that have been very, very close. A lot of times when I was a kid, I had bags that I thought were fantastic. Uh, but you know, I'm always searching, which is why I got a few extra ones kicking around. Um, but uh, this is a good one because I know you you deal a lot with it. You are more front facing with customers than I am. I deal with a lot of questions and answers on Instagram. But uh, what would you say are the benefits of playing something if you have two clubs that are very close to each other, for example, and performance wise, they're they're quite close. 
Club A might stand out a little bit more as far as performance, but Club B is right behind it. But as a player, you prefer Club B. Do you think that person's really giving something up or is it, you know, they're going to gain that confidence because they just trust that club a little bit more? Uh, I think they're going to gain the confidence because they trust that club a little bit more. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all about performance, um, but you got to be comfortable. And, um, you know, we're always, we're always talking about, you know, making a club autopilot for you. And, and, and that just comes down from comfort. Fully agreed. I mean, it's, it is a simple answer, but it's one of those things where, I mean, I've used clubs in the past that I wouldn't say are like the absolute perfect fit for me, but because I have a lot of confidence in them, even may, might go to a little bit shorter than something else. We're talking about distance or some type, but like, I feel like dispersion is tighter. I'll always go with the club that has a slightly tighter dispersion, but might go a little bit shorter for someone who's going to go longer. Cause I know that I'm going to be able to hit that shot when I played this past weekend, I'm not going to sit here and brag about it. I only play, I played okay, but one of the clubs I've always had confidence in is like a 50 degree wedge from a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. I just, I know the shot shape that I want to hit. It's not a full swing. I'd say, I just, when I was a kid, I had my, my, my parents' backyard was about 55 yards. So I got very good with a 60 degree wedge from like 60 yards. It was a lot of fun, but, um, that's a nice thing about living out in a rural area. You get a little bit bigger backyard once in a while, but I was, I guess got very comfortable with the shot because I didn't practice it, but I kind of knew the distance. And again, I'd rather hit that club from that yardage than try and eke something out from another club shorter or go something longer. And it's just about knowing that I have that loft in my bag with a, not a, not a certain amount of bounce, but like kind of like a rough idea. And I think, you know, if you can kind of bring that confidence to any part of your game, then you're going to hit shots closer to the hole. And, you know, I'm not saying I stuck it to three inches every time, but I always felt I was always within a nice comp, uh, not a nice, but I put myself in a, in a place to potentially make birdie. So I think that's one of the ways to look at it. And if that, if you can bring that confidence to a fairy wood or a hybrid, if it's a little bit shorter, but you're getting that dispersion tighter, then that's like 100% the way to go. Um, I got an interesting, again, build question. I'm going to ask this. I know it's a quick one, but mini torch versus heat gun. Why do we as builders prefer the mini torch over the heat gun? Um, well, one, it's that, that gets a little, you know, the heat gun or mini, yeah, sorry. The mini torch gets hotter faster. Um, and you can control the flame and where you're applying the heat. Um, and so it it gets the job done more efficiently. Um, you know, I don't use a mini torch. I use a big, uh, I use a big, a big torch, but to be fair, I'm not pulling many, many shafts anymore, which is, uh, which is nice, but, uh, but yeah, the mini torch definitely heat and just the pers- more precision with where that where that flame goes rather than, you know, you get stuff that has, you know, Mizuno STX hybrids. I was pulling a couple of those apart the other day and, um, you know, they have, but from the ferrule to the hosel, there's a very small, small amount of hosel and then it goes right to paint. So when you have a big flame, and it gets hot, you could actually ruin the paint before you even have the ability to pull the, pull the shaft out of the club. So those mini torches definitely give us the ability to, uh, to just have a little bit more precise heat. Yeah. I, I, I match your point. It's all about precision with a heat gun. It takes a long time to heat something up. You're going to heat up a whole part of the club head, especially now with, with modern drivers that have a lot of uh, multi-material components as far as carbon. And, and there is epoxy holding that, that carbon to the titanium that, uh, you do not want that to overheat. 
you can again if you can pull the shaft out and just do it that way great but something like a like a stealth fairywood or even the Callaway ones right like they use a carbon top on those things if you're using a heat gun to heat that whole thing just to heat that one part of the hosel i mean i can it's funny because i can you know you can hold a lot of club head i've i've held iron heads with a map gas and used a map gas torches are very hot i think that's what you're referring to there and heat the heck out of the hosel and five seconds later the head's off and i'm holding the head and it's like well how did that happen it's because i only applied heat to that one inch and it yeah. didn't even get it it didn't even get a chance to work its way down the club head so if you're talking about irons with graphite shafts you're not well irons with any type of medallion you're not going to cause any damage and as far as club heads talking hybrids or sh- or fairy woods you're not gonna you're not gonna wreck the carbon tops or bottoms or anything like that and that's that's why it's it's all about precision. You you basically nailed the point right there, Mike. Um, fun one here. I'm going to answer really quickly. Does putting X100 shaft bands on my irons make me look cool? You know what? Yes, 100. Why not? I think that's uh, that's a pretty easy answer there. Uh, you know, it's like it's like putting flames on your car. <laughs> now that I'm going to do that, not that I recommend everybody do that. Like if you've got your your Dodge Caravan, you want to put flames on it. That let that be whatever. Let that be your your motivation to look cool. It doesn't make it go faster, but it makes it look cool maybe in your own mind. Um, but uh, if you want to make, put X100 chat bands on your irons, by all means, it's a, it's a good way to you know have some fun. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're not, if they're graphite and maybe not, not in the best option, but uh, last one here, which I think is, is kind of a fun one to end on. Uh, what would be, how would you build, you know, question we, we kind of mess around with all the time. How would you build your, ideal half set so half set i would say is eight clubs or less doesn't have to be seven i know people kind of are sticklers to the seven but eight clubs or less how would you build your set mike hmm that's a great question someone asked me this the other day and i was like well one i've never played golf with a half set um like you've never gone out with a half set never you just always have the 14 clubs Always got the fourteen clubs. No, you never done one like a time, one club. You ever well, the gone thing out with like is, two one clubs time and I went like messed out, around. Yeah, one time I I went out with um, we've got a short course at the golf club, and someone gifted me a set of the Titleist T blades, and uh, I just went out uh, two iron to pitching wedge, um, and I played I played the Still short course. <laughs> I played the short course of that. So yeah, there's a lot of and a putter. There was so I had. Two iron to pitching wedge and uh, and a putter, and I hit the two iron. Oh man, I I just caught one of those two irons so nicely, and I was like, wow, this is this is world class. Um, but uh, yeah, I just uh, no, I really haven't done a half set. I'd like to tinker with one. I've I've actually got a customer who's getting some national custom work heads um, sent to us uh, to build a, a half set. And I think he went. Um, this is probably wrong, but I think he went five iron, five iron, seven iron, nine iron in a 56 degree or something like that. Um, really, really cool set. So I'm excited to, to build those up. But Mike, what's in your set? What's in my <laughs> set? I'm going to go. Yeah. I kind of like that setup, the whole five iron, seven iron, nine iron, and like a 56 degree wedge um putter and then i'm gonna put in i'm gonna put in a tailor-made mini driver because i know that's the go-to for a lot of you uh half set folks um 
Yeah, I think that's, and then I don't know, I might maybe throw in like a, like an Apex UW or something like that, but play it a little bit shorter. I like that. That's a good option. Play UW, like I think UW almost. is such a cool club. I, I know you guys have you guys have hit a lot. It's one of the clubs that I haven't, you know, I'm almost scared to try it because much like the mini driver, I tried it. I couldn't couldn't order one. I had to go buy one used. Um so I mean that's that's is a really cool option. Um I like the mini driver. I mean, one of the reasons I bought the mini driver was to create a half set. I would call it like the 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 mega half set because it would be like the full eight clubs. But if I was to do Let's see, seven clubs, including the putter. Let's see, I would go. Um, I'll start with the. I'll do. I'll work my way up to the top. So I got obviously putter. I would use a fifty-two degree wedge. I like. I like the nine seven five. I don't mm. like carrying the pitching wedge. I think the five iron you can get a lot out of it. It doesn't really matter. And then for me, well, I actually got enough now. So I would go five wood, which is a weak five wood. And then I would use the mini driver because I can get a lot out of the five wood. I can lay up with it. But if you want something off the tee, the mini driver is a great option. And if you really just want to smoke one, that's going to roll a little bit. I think the mini driver is the way to go. So that would be, that would be my set as well. Um, if it wasn't for the mini driver, I'd have a, a strong three wood, which I've used in the past. I mean, I still got one. One of my favorites is my TSI two or my, my TaylorMade uh, sim, sim, like the original sim, the OG sim rocket which I still think is one of the lowest spin three woods ever made. Um, definitely would be on the list for sure. Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to finish one more question really quickly. Um, Cause this actually relates to a video that is coming out featuring yourself, Mike. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a shaft in like a shaft, you really like in a set of irons performs well for you. It feels good. It matches your timing It hits your weight spec. And you're moving them between club heads. Um, you know, let's say you're building a brand new set with the same, not, not that you have to like reuse the shafts, but if you're using that same spec of shafts in a club head that's in the same category, let's call it a player's forge cavity, is it going to perform basically the same? No. I mean, it it all obviously it's all player dependent. I know uh in that video that's coming out, you know, we don't want to give it away, I guess, because people are just can't wait to watch that one. Um, but when you have, you know, similar weight category, but different profiles of shafts, I just, I, I, I struggle with certain shafts that I just, I don't like stiff, firm butt sections. Um, and I've, I built a set of irons for myself last week, um, with some shafts that did not make the cut. I'm actually reshafting the irons tomorrow. Um, so they're ready for the weekend with my old faithfuls. Uh, modus maybe I could use your pullouts, Mike. You got to let me know what those know what those are after the show. Maybe I'll uh, I'll get those pullouts from you. No worries, they're they're all yours. They're all yours. But yeah, no, I, I'm I definitely um, I guess I'm yeah I'm picky when it comes to I don't know Modus One Twenty S is just comfort for me, softer. So, you, so, so you're saying that you could if you like the shaft, you could put them in a different head and they would perform very similar. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I've played Modus One Twenty S from oh boy. Um, Z, uh, Strixons, um, Miras. Oof. Yeah. Uh, lots of Strixons, lots of sets of Strixons, Mizunos. Um, yeah, I just, I just love the feel of a modus. I think it's one of the reasons why we see so many shafts in players bags. They've used 
since basically they were like teenagers because they're used to the feel and they kind of, I mean, again, we're talking about the best players in the world. If we're talking about, you know, PJ tour or even like high level amateurs, a lot of these players, they get used to a feel in their iron shaft. And as they upgrade irons, they're always kind of using the same thing. I think it's why I've had this question asked before. It's like, why is, you know, X 100 is, as a shaft is probably like 80 years old as a design, like, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy to think about, but why is it still so good? And it's like, first of all, the design is very good, right? Like it's just is what it is. And obviously manufacturing tolerances have just gotten better. But with that as well is the fact that, you know, once players get fit into that and it works really well, they're very used to a feel. They're very used to a balance point. They're very used to all these different elements that lead into that, the way that set plays. And so as they move into different club heads, there's no, really no reason to change. No, no it, it doesn't matter. You know, there are a lot of shaft options out there, but once players get fit into something, and I, I'm very much the same. I've used the three shafts that I've used the most over the last, let's say, three to four years have all been in the exact same category, very much in a similar weight category, minus the AMT, because that has a fluctuating weight up and down the, the iron shafts, and that is the Project XLZ. Mm-hmm. And then the Elevate Tour. Yeah. So we're looking at something around 115. AMT is around that same weight in the six iron and it goes up and down a little bit. But for me, like it's very hard to beat that category of shafts. They, they all kind of fit in the same range. And I could, if I find a club that I like, I know that I can literally pick any one of those three shafts. I'm going to go to the golf course. I'm not going to have any issues at all having the feel that I want, the ball flight that I want, and having the control and, and all that, all those elements which I think is, is very cool to have if you are comfortable with a club, obviously for you, it's the Modus 120. And if you're out there and you're using a, whether it be a, you know, uh, an AMT red or a, you know, a Dynalite or I think they still make the Dynalite or it's a, some type of KBS or whatever it happens to be, even if it's some graphite options, I know Aerotech has been around for a very long time and, you know, they really haven't changed a lot. I I always kind of consider Aerotech the, you know, the S 300 of, of graphite shafts. Cause they've just been around for, I mean, almost 15 years now almost 20 years. So when you have those options in place, there's nothing wrong with sticking with something. If it works 100%, no, no reason to change anything. Um, Mike, that was fun. We flew through a lot of questions tonight. That was good. It was, uh, we've haven't really done question a Q and a in a long time. I haven't done a, a personal Q and a in a long time, just been busy with, master sunday and then easter and then golf season starting and um yeah it's good to answer some questions i think it's it's fun because on instagram which i know a lot of, we we do answer i'm going to try and get one in this week uh was feeling a little under the weather uh recently as i kind of mentioned but um with instagram you try and answer as much as i can but you know there's a lot of typing involved there's a lot of like nuances to the conversation i can talk a lot more than i can type and I think when it comes to these, this kind of thing, it's it's a great way to really dive into the nuance, especially when we're having a conversation about it, right? Because, you know, you, again, 100%, you deal face-to-face with a lot more customers in the fitting bays. My uh, relationship with, with golfers and fitting right now is a lot of questions being answered online, as well as trying to figure out ways to interpret what someone's trying to say, whether it be through numbers or video, uh, when people are sending stuff to me because I do help answer some of the questions that come in through the YouTube channel. So because of that, it's the face-to-face is a little bit harder. And I think it's, it's important to, you know, have this conversation because when you're in the fitting bay with a fitter, 
I always say the most important thing is the conversation you have with, with the person you're working with, because there's different ways to interpret things. Golfers are going to feel different, different things in their swing, different clubs, and the ability to, to have that conversation, which I think, again, if you're, if you're in a fitting, if it's in your mind, say it because the fitters probably heard it before. And that way you can work together because if you're holding on to something and then you're, you ask, Oh, I should have said this during the fit, then you've lost that. Not that you haven't lost that opportunity, probably email or something, but um, I think it's always good to ask that question because the fitter is there to help you out. And you know, that's why we're here tonight. Absolutely. No, this was fun. So again, thank you everybody for listening. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're probably going to do this again pretty soon because I like doing this, you know, it's a change up from talking about the tour, talking about whatever going on. Um, not that we, we can't talk golf course architecture or all kinds of nerdy things, but, uh, Mike, it was a pleasure. RB. Thank you, sir. And uh, to everyone out there, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again soon.